Hey guys, it's Elrod. I'm back. I took a little break, but I'm starting up again. And I am going to do a podcast on the Eagles with a special guest, my friend Susan. And she has a wealth of info on the Eagles. Stay tuned. Let's get started. The Eagles were formed in 1971. The four band members all played in different bands before they came together. And those members were Glenn Fry, Don Henley, Randy Meisner, and Bernie Leiden. All of them actually played backup at one point for Linda Ronstadt. Now, Glenn Fry and Don Henley were playing together for Linda. And they liked it, but they liked playing together. Right. They liked playing together. So they decided they wanted to leave the band, and Linda was actually really cool about it, and said, go for it. Mm -hmm. And then they remembered that there was Randy Meisner. I think she helped connect them. Yes, yes. Randy Meisner and Bernie Reed. Yes, and they knew of Bernie's extreme talents. And I remember hearing... Glenn Fry say when they were at the Troubadour because that's where they would play he would see Randy Meisner up there and he was so good looking and he He says that in such a subtle way (laughs) oh he was he was and he was so kind a kind soul and he would up there he'd be strumming the guitar and I remember Glenn Fry saying how natural he looked he just looked so cool of course that was before he changed, but um, it was nice to hear him say something nice about our Randy. There you go. <laughs> okay, so the four of them got together and they wanted to form this band, and so um, they got started. So, as all bands do, they struggled in the beginning. They released their debut in 1972 and they had their first single, which became a hit. And that was Take It Easy, which was written by Glenn Fry and Jackson Brown. And you can tell the story about Jackson Brown. Well, I believe Glenn. actually it was Jackson Brown's song and he got he was stuck on it. He had yes. several words and oh my he, gosh, couldn't, yes. he couldn't figure out where to go with it. And Glenn Fry was familiar with it and just filled in yeah. the words. It's amazing actually how he did that, right? It really is. Yeah. It and really then is. and then after we played the song, Susan would tell you a really cute story about their living conditions when they were first starting out near Laurel Canyon. Um the um it, they weren't in Laurel Canyon yet, I don't know. No, believe. no, no they weren't. But it was a, a little or some little place and Glenn was upstairs and Jackson Brown lived in a room in the basement. And as the story goes, Jackson Brown would practice incessantly. He would take a few bars from a song and just play it over and over and over until he got the words. And every morning, um, every morning, the tea kettle would go off. The tea kettle would go off. Jackson Brown had a tea kettle, and he would put the tea kettle on in the morning. And Glenn Fry would. I'm sorry, (laughs) I lost direction. He would. Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown would put on the tea kettle. Glenn Fry would hear the tea kettle go off, and he knew Jackson was going to start playing. Which the song? The same chords. It was um, over and over. I think several songs through the course of time. But it was the main one. Um, it was. 
Doctor My Eyes. That's right. That's right. Okay, so now we are going to listen, uh, not to Jackson Brown's song, we are going to listen to... A song that Jackson Brown helps bring to fruition. Yes. Take that, it easy. Here we go. Amazing how those words just load together. They sure do. Yeah. They're incredible. Standing on the corner. Okay, so have you been to Winslow? No, I have not. Yes, there's a statue of Jackson Brown, and actually there's one of Glen Fry now, too, I heard. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I've never been there. One day. I, I've been flying over, and a pilot told me, We're going over Winslow, Arizona. Yeah, then we should have played the song, I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, you know, the Eagles have so, so many songs, so we aren't going to play all of them in their entirety. We just can't, except for maybe... We have that kind of time. We just don't. Um, maybe one we might. But anyway, okay, so their album produced by Glenn Johns, and it was immediate success. All right. I just learned that Witchy Woman, which is also on the debut album, was also was not only written by Don Henley, but also by Bernie Levin. And uh, I just thought that was fascinating because I did not know that before. Yeah, I think actually he contributed a lot more than we all realize because of the Especially way the things were. I knew he had the musical input, but I did not realize he had the the writing. Yes. Input. To to compete with Don Henley's writing is pretty right. Well, even Randy wrote a a few things there that yes. they, he didn't get a lot of credit for. But true, you know that's the way it is. I guess. I guess so. So this next song, did you not want to dedicate it to someone? Oh, it's my husband's favorite Eagle song. It is. There you go. Here you go, Gary. Witchy woman. Hmm. Is that a reflection about you? <laughs> Just he kidding. Loves the lying. Um. Daughter of the devil himself and the vision of an angel in white. The combination of oh. the good and the evil. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Raven hair, 
Okay, I do love Don Henley's voice. How can you not? Right? I love that earthy sound. Yeah, it's it's a great voice. He's a talented guy. Oh, undoubtedly. Maybe not nice, but, but talented. You can't have it all, right? <laughs> have to go on to the next one. The next one on the same album was Peaceful, Easy Feeling. And as we were just saying, this song is one of my favorites. And like you said, it makes you feel like you're in the desert. Everybody had this album. The blue one, mm -hmm. Eagles, with that skull, skull of a hawk. Horse. It's a horse? Oh, interesting. Skull. Oh, hello! <laughs> we figured it out. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, you know they have so many songs, so we are continuing on. Okay. So before the band's big success, their renowned album photographer, Gary Burden, suggested that they go to the desert for photos. And in the spirit of finding good photos, he suggested that they take some peyote and drink and get a little messed up, which is exactly what they did. So while they're tripping and thinking of a name for the band, Glenn Fry had to go to the bathroom. So he went to a bush in the desert, and he, while he was doing his business, 
the band members are screaming at him because an eagle was flying over him. And they're like, eagle, eagle. And he looks up as he's zipping his pants up and says, eagle, eagle. That's what we'll call the band, the eagles. And I like when he says, and the eagle is looking down at him as if to say, eagles, I don't think so. And following I don't think so came the Eagles 1972, or no, I'm sorry. 1973. 73 album, Desperado. It was kind of a concept album, and it was based on the on the Dalton gang. And they, uh, it was mostly ballads and sad songs and things that reflected the history, or I guess what they perceived the history to be of the members of the Dalton gang. It didn't fare very well. It was definitely their lowest charting album. But from that album, we did get a couple of good songs, including The Best of My Love. Great song. I never did like Desperado. I, it's a good song. Yeah, I Linda like Linda Ron. Yes, Linda does Linda it much better. Kills it. She does. Girl, this is a hit, yeah. and I love this song. Yeah, I just—it was so beautiful. I came to rock later because my dad was a country music fan. Johnny Cash. You, you oh. can't find a Johnny Cash song that I don't know. I love Johnny Cash. I do too. And um, and so that's what we listened to at home. And then it was until probably when we came back to the states, and like I was probably seventh grade, and I started hanging out with other American kids. And I started just to rock. Yes. So, and, and then I just, I, I was mad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm a classic rock girl myself. I like it. On cheap talking wine. Left us so little to give. That same old crap was like a cold dark So they were actually having fun when they were producing this album because they were just getting started. They, they, they were just having fun. They were feeling comfortable. Yes. Nobody was bigger than the other. They weren't big yet. It was really a cool time. It was a cool time. They had fun. If you watch the um, history of the Eagles, they show them dressed up as cowboys yep. and yep. they're really enjoying it. So what was the other song? Bunch of boys. Yeah. Little boys. They yeah. were. Tequila Sunrise. Tequila Sunrise now. This is another one of my favorites. Takes me to Arizona. Does it? My sister lives there now and oh, I love okay. it. I love it. She saw her first tarantula. Oh really? I saw my first one in Texas. But they're they don't bother you if you stay away from them. Most things are like that. Yes. You don't bother you? They don't bother you. Mm -hmm. People aren't like that. <laughs> You're right. Sadly.
I hear Randy. One of these nights. I can just see Randy when he was younger strumming that guitar. His cute little smile. Okay, we gotta cut this short. For those of you that are Eagle fans, you've probably already watched the history of the Eagles which informs you about the Baldwin School relationships within the bands. If you haven't seen it, you really must. And it doesn't, I'm sorry. Well, it's, it doesn't even give you all the full details of how horrible it really was. Oh, the situation, yes. Yes. Um, also, I'd recommend Don Felder's book, Heaven and Hell with the Eagles. It's an incredible read, it's brutally honest very sad but also very enlightening as to a lot of the tension within the group oh absolutely that book and you know what i not only read don felder's book but i also read two other biographies on the band and they all correlate with each other and they confirm and each confirm. other yeah which is very sad but you know bands end up getting big egos and and everybody's an alpha <sighs> well not everybody at least two. <laughs> so anyway, so Bertie Legan, who was an original member of the Eagles, ended up quitting the band because of Glenn Fry and Don Henley. He said he was tired of the uh, Glenn and Don show. They were starting to take it over as their band when together it was the four of them that formed it. And I remember there was a story that Bernie talks about on the documentary where Glenn was just shooting out all these things he wanted to do and kind of taking over everything and it was really irritating him. And <laughs> this is kind of funny. And Bernie Leiden said, you know what? I'm going surfing. And he took a beer and he poured it on Glenn Fry's head and walked Wouldn't out. Would you have loved to have been a fly on the Yes, way? I would have. I think also, though, that uh, Don and Glenn were, wanted to drift more in a, a, a little harder rock avenue, and Bernie just wasn't that. That is true. That is very true. But he was an original member, so I would think that they could work out a little of this and a little of that. Just think of how many more songs they could have. There's a lot of drama. Well, I know. That was just the beginning of it. <laughs> So anyway, so Bernie, um, but he had a friend, uh, Don Felder, mm -hmm. and they used to, to jam together. And I believe he invited Don to play with them one time. And um, I believe he filled in on a couple of songs. Yes, he did. And actually, Glenn Fry really liked his music. After that, Don, uh, Glenn Fry decided that he liked Don Felder's playing and offered him a position with the band. and. Who doesn't want to be an eagle? About a year later, Joe Walsh joined the band for a, I believe he joined them in a concert and uh, they really liked the sound of his playing along with theirs, gave it a little punchier, edgier sound. And the rest is kind of history. 
takes us into 1975 when they released One of Those Nights. And here it is. And Bernie left the band. Sorry. <laughs> I think they already knew that. And I was in seventh grade when this was a hit. And I liked it. They have so many good songs. Oh my God, yeah. Well, here's the thing. They don't have any bad songs. Other than Desperado. Well, it's just other than Desperado. But when you look at it in the context, it's, it's a good song. It is. I can see Glenn playing the keyboard. Here, Randy, Randy, baby. Husband's favorite part. That's what they call them. Yes. Great guy. Great guitar player. Okay, so one of these nights gave the Eagles their very first Grammy with the song Lion Eyes. This is probably... One of my top favorite Eagles songs. Everybody loves this one. Mm -hmm. The story. Oh, you don't? The story. Think about it. Oh, are you recording? Yes. Glenn, okay. I'll tell you after the song how Glenn came up with the lyrics. Every form of refuge has its price. And it breaks her heart to think her love 
This was their next number one hit. voices is really great, beautiful harmony. Okay, so Glenn, they were at a bar, and Glenn saw this older dude, I guess, and this younger young lady together and just started piecing together what he imagined was going on and just kind of came up with the lyrics. It was kind of boom, boom. Feeling well and he was afraid that he wouldn't reach the note and he, he didn't want to do it. He wasn't feeling well. And Glenn demanded that he get out there and do it. And Randy stood his ground and said, I am not feeling well. I can't do it. So Glenn called him a horrible name. That's another name for a kitty cat. It rhymes with ussy. And Randy, who was a mild, gentle guy, got mad and slugged him. And then, so they got into a fight and the guards came and they separated them. However, they held Randy. They let Glenn go. And Glenn wiped his sweat with this rag and threw it at Randy's face. And I thought, how rude. And you know what? That was when Randy had it. He was a gentle soul. He stayed on not much longer. He stayed on through their next tour. And then he was done. But anyway, here's the great song by Randy Meisner. Take it to the limit. To the limit, 
One more time. It's for that high note, Lynn. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I went to see the Eagles. I won't go see them again. But when they sang this song, I screamed out, Randy Meisner! And these girls were trying to film it. They kept looking at me like, who is this crazy lady? I think I want to see that documentary again. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. I love when they talk to Randy about this song. He's so cute. That high note is coming up. Hey! <laughs> oh, sorry guys. Excellent. Now, you know, I have to say, when uh, Timothy B. Schmidt came and took over for Randy, I respect him because he would not sing Randy's song for, mm -hmm. I don't think he ever did, actually. I don't know for certain, but I just, I love the story that they both came from Poco. Yes, yes, yes. That's a whole other band I have to do. Mm -hmm. um, be before we get into the Hotel California thing, um, I just wanted to give you a fun fact. Now, when Don Felder joined the group, he stated that as soon as he joined the band, he couldn't believe how rotten they all treated each other. And he felt like he was joining a band that was ready to break up. And um, I guess they also would have these... Um, after the concerts, they'd have these, what they called, encores. And they'd have their agents go out and pick the cutest girls in the audience and point to them and invite them back to their private parties and have lots of fun. 
Continuing on, now, Don Felder wrote the music for Hotel California. Their most iconic album, probably and arguably one of the most iconic rock albums of all time. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that was 1975, and Felder didn't think that the song would sell because, for one thing, it's seven minutes long. Great instrumentals, great. You know what, if you know a song by a few chords, most people know Hotel oh, California. absolutely. Absolutely. Then the, the whole dueling guitars between Walsh and Felder, just some of the finest guitar work yes. ever, in my opinion. This has got to be their song that they're most recognized for. Oh, undoubtedly. Yes. The, the song that the album cover. Oh, okay. The album cover. Now, let me tell you. Do tell. Okay. Well, the little bit that I know of this. Okay. This is kind of dark. Now, on the album cover, um, there are supposedly, now, I don't remember looking at it this in great detail, but there's like like a couple creatures kind of there, like monsters or something. But the most creepy thing is like hanging from one of the windows is a guy in a cape, like a bald dude, kind of hanging there. And it's supposed to be... Anthony, uh, Anthony, that dude, that double worship dude who started the um, the Church of the Devil. And that's him hanging over. If you look at the album cover, very creepy. Um, you can Google some of that stuff on your own. But yeah, I did find that out. Um, that just, it is there. It is there. It's, a, it's on one of them. Um, I've seen it. And it, it is kind of creepy. And you just kind of wonder why they have certain things. But anyway. So do you have any facts, any other facts on Hotel California? Uh, well, you know, currently to date, the the, rec the album has placed 26 times platinum. And like I said, it's it's totally. definitely one of the greatest selling, greatest, most well-known rock albums of all time. Yes. And, and that's not just an opinion, just... Overall popularity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can't think of anyone who does not like Hotel California. And here it is. Don Henley said that he came up with the lyrics. He was sick in bed one night, tossing and turning, and the lyrics just came to him. Just came to him. And he woke up and wrote them down. Oh, that double worship guy is Anthony Levy or something. Anyway creepy aside from that the song is incredible now they went actually when this song came out they went on a tour and Randy did this last tour with them Okay, Don Henley's voice. You gotta have it for Hotel California. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She lit up at 
I would love to play the whole song, but you know how long it is, and it is seven minutes. Fabulous song. Um, we have to continue on now. The Eagles brought on board Timothy B. Schmidt to take Randy's place, and as you said, they were both in Poco at one time. Also, the group began working on a song, "The Long Run," and this took a long time for them to complete. According to Don Felder's book, "Heaven and Hell with the Eagles," it was absolutely miserable. Fry and Henley argued constantly with each other and they were horrible to the other band members as usual. And at this time, everybody couldn't stand each other. So everybody had their own room. Everybody had their own limousine. I mean, it was really horrible. And they- I heard Don Henley even brought his own mattress along to every hotel. Yeah, I believe it. Um, so anyway, Things were um, really not good. And Don Felder had always wanted Glenn and uh, Don Henley to take some of his music and lyrics, you know, um, to 
to like listen to them and they never really did. The only one that they listened to and liked was Hotel California. Um, but they would basically ignore him. And they were ignoring Randy, of course. And um, they're, well, Randy was gone actually, I'm sorry. But you know, they played the games with the other guys now. Um, okay, so there was a, a politician that Glenn Fry admired. And um, they were doing a concert for him. And I think Glenn introduced him, Crandall, something Crandall, California. Cranston. Oh, Cranston. And um, I think Don Felder really wasn't into politics. So when he introduced him, I think Don Felder didn't make a big deal and just kind of said, oh, hi, or whatever. Is that what no, it was? No. Um, I think he said, nice to meet you, and Don Felder... Or something, it's great to be here. And Don Felder said something just kind of cocky, like, uh, to the effect that, yeah, I'm whatever. Good, I don't really want to, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Well, and of course, in, in his mind, he's thinking of all the stuff going on with the band and everything, you know. He did not, I don't think he intended to be rude. He was just miserable yep. because of the band. Anyway, and it pissed off. Oh. Glenn Fry was so pissed at him. They they were arguing on stage while they're playing, okay? And the band members could tell. So then when they went behind the stage, they got into this huge fight. And um, I think Don threw his guitar... Oh, no. Yeah, Don Felder threw his guitar. Smashed his guitar. Smashed guitar. He was so upset. But Don Felder to smash a guitar. Right? Good guy. Nice guy. So this is what Glenn Fry did to a lot of these people. I'm sorry, guys, but this is what he did. These nice souls, he just drove insane. Anyway, after that, they took a 14-year break. And then they decided to do the Hell Freezes Overture. And really, they didn't want to ask Felder back to that. But... I forget what happened, and they did, which they did. I'm really glad they did. So, um... They said, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> so, they went on the tour, and in, okay, and so their manager had these contracts, but it paid Henley and Fry more than it did the other band members. Considerably. Yes, and Felder didn't agree to that. So they fired him. And, um... They just fired him right there and were just incredibly rude. And it was devastating for Felder. And um, very, very devastating to be just, you know, blotted out like that. But the good thing about him, you can learn more about it to watch, if you watch the history of the Eagles, is that um, Felder ended up suing them and getting the right to his music that he helped produce and write. And... Um, it ended up working out for him, and he wrote his book, and he's doing well on his own, and he's really come back, and he looks fabulous. He does. Well, he looks and I, he looks healthy. Oh, he looks great. And I messaged him when I used to be on social media, and he messaged me back because I told him I loved his book. He's a great guy. And he's got a new career going on, and um, he said, you know what? If they ask me back, I would love to come back. But, you know, that's never going to happen. Not like they're stubborn or anything. <laughs> so anyway, so now the band is really uh, Don Henley and, of course, Deacon Fry. But Deacon Fry's not on this last tour right now. 
because they say he's sick. Right. Um, but it's Joe Walsh, of course, Timothy B. Schmidt, and a guy who is not an eagle will never be an eagle. Okay. But he's Vin a Texan. Vince Gill, uh-uh, not an eagle, sorry. He's just a Texan, and he's a good old boy with uh, Don Henley. So really, I want to say, I think that's all I have on the Eagles. I um, love their music. Absolutely. And they I enjoy so doing this with they are you. pure Americana. Yes, they are. They are. I won't go to another concert, but um, I... I mean, they have great music, so oh, I can yeah. just listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, so I hope you enjoyed it. And if you get the chance, you got to get Don Felder's book, Heaven and Hell with the Eagles. And Elrod and Susan are signing off. Bye-bye. She said.
Okay, you guys, I would love to play the whole song, but you know how long it is, and it is seven minutes. Fabulous song. Um, we have to continue on. Now, the Eagles brought on board Timothy B. Schmidt to take Randy's place, and as you said, they were both in Poco at one time also. The group began working on a song, The Long Run, and this took a long time for them to complete. According to Don Felder's book, Heaven and Hell with the Eagles, it was absolutely miserable. Fry and Henley argued constantly with each other, and they were horrible to the other band members, as usual. And at this time, everybody couldn't stand each other. So everybody had their own room. Everybody had their own limousine. I mean, it was really horrible. And they I heard Don Henley even brought his own mattress along to every hotel. Yeah, I believe it. Um, so anyway, things were um, really not good. And Don Felder had always wanted Glenn and uh, Don Henley to take some of his music and lyrics, you know, um, to, to like listen to them. And they never really did. The only one that they listened to and liked was Hotel California. Um, but they would basically ignore him. And they were ignoring Randy, of course. And um, there, well, Randy was gone, actually. I'm sorry, but. You know, they played the games with the other guys now. Um, okay, so there was a, a politician that Glenn Fry admired. And um, they were doing a concert for him. And I think Glenn introduced him, Crandall, something Crandall, California. Cranston. Oh, Cranston. And um, I think... Don Felder really wasn't into politics. So when he introduced him, I think Don Felder didn't make a big deal and just kind of said, oh, hi, or whatever. Is that what no, it was? No. Um, I think he said, nice to meet you, and Don Felder, or something, it's great to be here, and Don Felder said something just kind of cocky, like, uh, to the effect that, yeah, I'm whatever. Here, I don't really want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Well, and of course, in, in his mind, he's thinking of all the stuff going on with the band and everything, you know. He did not, I don't think he intended to be rude. He was just miserable yep. because of the band. Anyway. And it pissed off oh, Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry was so pissed at him. They, they were arguing on stage while they're playing, okay, and the band members could tell. So then when they went behind the stage, they got into this huge fight, and... um. I think Don threw his guitar, oh no, yeah, Don Felder threw his guitar, smashed his guitar, he was so upset. For Don Felder to smash a guitar. Right, good guy, nice guy. So this is what Glenn Fry did to a lot of these people. I'm sorry guys, but this is what he did. These nice souls, he just drove insane. Anyway, after that, they took a 14 year break. And then they decided to do the Hell Freezes Overture. And really, they didn't want to ask Felder back to that. But I forget what happened, and they did, which they did. I'm really glad they did. So um, they said, "Get over it." <laughs> <laughs> so they went on the tour, and in, okay, and so their manager had these contracts, but it paid Henley and Fry more than it did the other band members considerably. Yes, and Felder didn't agree to that, so they fired him. And um, 
they just fired him right there and were just incredibly rude and it was devastating for Felder. And um, very, very devastating to be just, you know, blotted out like that. But the good thing about him, you can learn more about it to watch, if you watch the history of the Eagles, is that um, Felder ended up suing them and getting the right to his music that he helped produce and write. And um, it ended up working out for him. And he wrote his book and he's doing well on his own. And he's really come back and he looks fabulous. He does. Well, he looks and I, he looks healthy. Oh, he looks great. And I messaged him when I used to be on social media and he messaged me back because I told him I loved his book. It's a great guy. And he's got a new career going on. And um, he said, you know what? If they ask me back, I would love to come back. But, you know, that's never going to happen. Not like they're stubborn or anything. <laughs> so anyway, so now the band is really uh, Don Henley and, of course, Deacon Fry. But Deacon Fry's not on this last tour right now because they say he's sick. Right. Um, but it's Joe Walsh, of course, Timothy B. Schmidt, and a guy who is not an eagle will never be an eagle. Okay, but he's Vin a Texan. Vince Gill, uh, uh, not an eagle. Sorry, he's just a Texan, and he's a good old boy with uh, Don Henley. So really, I want to say, I think that's all I have on the Eagles. I um. Love their music. Absolutely. And they I enjoy so doing this with they are you. pure Americana. Yes, they are. They are. I won't go to another concert, but um, I I mean, they have great music, so oh, I can yeah. just listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, so I hope you enjoyed it. And if you get the chance, you got to get Don Felder's book, Heaven and Hell with the Eagles. And Elrod and Susan are signing, signing off. off. Bye-bye.